This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. Hello, my name is Tracy, and as always, I'm joined by my colleagues from the Bamboo app, Blake and Craig. How are you going, guys? Very well, Tracy. How are you doing? Well, Craig, how are you going? Good, thanks, Tracy. This is a, also a topical episode. Yes, very topical. There are well over 10,000 crypto coins out there today. And unfortunately, probably 99% of those will likely not be around in another 10 years. So a lot of these are what we commonly refer to as shit coins, or some of these are meme coins. Now, for name a few of those, we're looking at your Doge coins or Shiba or Safe Moon. And a lot of these type of coins are typical of pump and dump or hype type scenarios. And, and they result in what we call rug pull events. Now, if a lot of this isn't making sense, and it seems like a lot of millennial type jargon, then stay with us because all will be explained. Today, we're going to talk about the characteristics of these type of coins so you can be sure to keep them out of your portfolio if that's the strategy that you want to go with. So we're going to start off with meme coins, and these are probably some of Craig's favorites, so I'll let you kick off, mate. Yeah, I'd also like to just bring it back to the market cycle episode we had last week where we we touched on the hype cycle. Now, these meme coins are normally the hype cycle coins. But I guess we can't get started until we talk about the OG Dogecoin. Australian made, actually, uh, Dogecoin was made in 2013 as a joke based on the Shiba Inu dog meme with the colorful Comic Sans font, like such wow, much wow, like all that old <laughs> internet meme culture that's sort of dated now. Um, but it really went vertical when Elon Musk started tweeting about it last year. And now, apparently, you can use the coin to buy Tesla merch. And all the kids seem to know what the Doge dog was. Was it part of a game or anything? I don't actually know. Was it part of a game? How do the kids know what it is? I think it was like a weird part of internet history where, like, the Shiba Inu dog meme was just circulating and it, yeah, just translated to a crypto. And are we, are we proud that it was the Aussies <laughs> that did it? Or Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> So that's the story of the OG Dogecoin. Now, as you can imagine, there's a bunch more, but 
there's many differences between meme coins and the other coins. Yeah, the, the major difference between a meme coin and other cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum is that Bitcoin and Ethereum have real utility. People use it for, for all sorts of stuff. Uh, meme coins usually serve no real world purpose except for buying you know Tesla merch. And it, it is created for investors to potentially speculate on and take some risk on to, to try and make some money. And some of these meme coins gain popularity due to the fact that celebrities and your know, everyday investors promote them, which you know, results in you know, the price hitting astronomical high levels. And the price, as we know, is derived from the supply and demand dynamics and these often spike in popularity for very short periods of time and then return to lower prices after their, their cycle. I think like due to the the fact of how successful Dogecoin is, like it is in the top 10, now developers and anyone really can just fork a meme coin and make their own. I think now there's over 5,000 meme coins in existence, so it does make up a bit of the market. Yeah, and just to um, clarify what a fork is, of course, you know, all the code bases for most of these cryptocurrencies are open source. Anyone can go on and copy the code base of Dogecoin and then change the logo to a cat head and, and make their own meme coin. There's thousands of them of people making their own meme coins. And I think, Craig, we've mentioned this in a past episode and you touched on it again, where Elon's actually going to put Dogecoin on the moon and we did say this and what he means by that is that he's built this spaceship with his company SpaceX and it's called the Doge One and um, the mission will be paid for entirely by Dogecoin. Insert lots of puns here about Doge going to the moon. There have been a many. So that's Doge but what about all the other comical coins that are out there? We've got Cummies, Baby Doge, Shiva Inu, Elon coin, Safe Moon, Cum Rockets. Now, these actually lower my IQ as I say them. So that's actually a great way for you to spot a meme coin. They often have names after things that are on the internet and they're designed to get a laugh. They're designed not to be taken very seriously, are they, Craig? No, but I touched on it before. They do come to provenance in a hype cycle. So when your cousin at the family barbecue tells you that if Shiba hits $1, he's a billionaire. But little does he know that the circulating supply of Shiba is one quadrillion. So for Shiba to hit a dollar would have to be like, like it's just impossible. But yeah, I guess it's just a way that people enter the market with these really, really cheap, funny coins that people relate to. It does... You know, it has performed quite well for people, though. Mm, it has, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the irony of it. And that's why we're talking about it today. And there was, in particular, one guy in the US that I think put 500 bucks of his social security check or like his COVID response check or something like that um, into, sh into Shiba <laughs> and ended up making like a few billion dollars off it. <laughs> that is madness. You're gonna, you can lose as well. Like we're saying, there's people that do that. And I know people back in the back at the time as well were trying to emulate that. They were selling their cars. And, you know, these are people at uni going, I'm selling my car, I'm going to put all the money into this meme coin, thinking that that was a, a sure thing. And then they were they were wrecked, you know, which is a common expression. They That money is gone. So you need to be super careful thinking you're just going to, you know, put, don't put the house on it. Yeah, it's very much like a casino. You know, it's not a great bet putting money into these things. But, you know, some people also did really 
well. And there is a lot of pushback from you know, people in the media and you know, traditional finance um, because they say that, you know, these tens of billions of dollars look locked up in these protocols, these meme coins, you know, is a misappropriation of capital. And the capital could be used for all sorts of things like funding innovation, businesses, mm. going to charity or buying real world assets. So, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic that it represents. Interesting you say that because Vitalik, so who made Ethereum, we've talked about him previously, he got airdropped a lot of Shiba and he actually sold it as soon as he got the coins because he's very against meme coins. He sold it and actually donated to India's COVID-19 response and that really made a difference in the real world. So that's sort of that finance argument that Blake says, like all these millions locked up, like what could we be doing with them instead? Didn't know that. That's awesome. So to finish off on meme coins, we need to say that, as, as we've just been saying, investing in these type of hype coins is unpredictable and more like gambling, like Blake said. You know, the, you, you're better off just going to the casino. So it, nothing is certain in, in these markets. So we're going to go to a break, but when we get back, we're going to look at what falls into the classification of what we're calling a shit coin. And these are other coins out there that are a bit more legitimately trying to fool you as well. So how do we spot those coins? After the break, we'll tell you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Now let's look at what a shitcoin is. Unlike the meme coins that we've just been talking about that are easy to spot due to their ridiculous names, these shitcoins are a little bit harder to spot because their names are relatively smart and these guys are trying to portray themselves as a legitimately good option to invest in. So their names can sometimes be a little bit more technical and, and crypto-like even. Yeah, so we need to look at what a shitcoin actually is. Now, the definition, if you Google shitcoin, is a coin that lacks a use case and fundamentals. But it's also important to mention a shitcoin is mainly subjective. So I might think something's a shitcoin, Blake might not think it's a shitcoin. So it's not necessarily a list of fundamentals that you tick off. It's something that you describe a coin with how you feel that's falling short of your investing criteria. Now, I'll give you an example. There are Bitcoin maximalists in the crypto space. They only buy and hold Bitcoin. They think that every other use of blockchain technology is a shitcoin. Me and Blake actually went to a Bitcoin conference, like when was it, like last year? And um, we were talking about Ethereum and they say, no, Ethereum is a shitcoin. 
they only believe that Bitcoin is the king. They think Ethereum is, you know, lacks fundamentals, lacks a proper use case. Of course, that's a subjective argument. They believe that it's a shit coin and that's their opinion. But what I'm trying to say is just because your mate thinks something's a shit coin doesn't necessarily mean it is. And when we're saying shitcoin, which I, I I feel so rude saying, like mom's going to tell me off because we're saying shit so much. But when we're saying that, we're talking about an altcoin. We're talking about an alternative coin other than Bitcoin. And we're trying to spot the ones who we think are not great coins to be investing in. Correct? Yes, correct. So Blake, like, what are some indicators that you look for, some red flags that you think would make something a shitcoin in your books? The first one that I always look at is the market cap, which we've discussed previously, which is the supply times the price. So for example, if you have 100 coins at a dollar each, the market cap would be $100. Um, And often some of these shitcoin projects, they play trickery with their market cap and their supply. They have a quadrillion supply with a very low price so that investors believe that potentially it's a good deal. But there's all sorts of trickery that they can play, you know, their supply and price that you have to watch out for. And often there's gaps in data or, you know, fake trading volume that you can also watch out for. And, you know, some of these tokens that have a a very low price and, and don't have much utility can be, you know, analogous to penny stocks in the traditional financial sector. And the market cap can also be um, inconsistent with the size of the community. Um, Projects might work very hard to increase the price of the token without there being anyone actually using it. And these sort of activities are illegal in traditional financial markets, like wash trading and market making to, to build the price. And there's pretty strict regulations in Australia, the US and Europe in traditional capital markets, but crypto is unregulated. So we don't see the same type of diligence around the regulation and it will catch up at some point in time. But one way that you can avoid picking up some of these tokens is relying upon a high quality exchange when you're buying them. Exchanges like Coinbase and Kraken and you know, SwiftX and Independent Reserve all research their tokens before they list them to ensure that their their customers aren't buying anything that's lacking too many fundamentals. This doesn't mean that they're all good, but it just means that they're potentially not scams. Yeah, we, we were talking about this, guys, yesterday in regards to whether these type of coins are all on DEXs or not and we're having a bit of an argument about it. So I was saying that back in the day when I was doing a bit of trading, we were kind of looking for these type of coins because they would pump so heavily early on. So exchanges like Qcoin and FTX would would list these type of coins early on because you were looking for that pump early on. But a lot of exchanges that are decentralised exchanges that we've spoken about in the past, so DEXs like you know Uniswap and PancakeSwap or Sushi, anyone can put their tokens on there. So there's no vetting process when it comes to these type of DEXs. So like I said, anyone can list their tokens there. So if you're looking at a coin that you've just heard about and you're checking it out on CoinGecko or or, um, CoinMarketCap and then completely just on all of these decentralized exchanges, that could be a red flag also. But then, um, Craig, you're saying that that's where all of your coins are, correct? Yes. (laughs) So, <laughs> so I, I guess like that's your red flag, but like for me, my, my red flag. Ah, just kidding. Not all of your coins. Honestly, about 80% of them are on decentralized 
like not even on the big exchanges. But like, I guess my red flags that I look at is if there isn't detailed information about the token, like what the plan actually is, like what's the roadmap? Is there a community, the people involved with the project talking actively? Are they keeping the team updated? Yeah. So all the fundamentals that we've gone through in a couple of episodes back. So you're going through your fundamentals. Yeah. Yeah. As far as a really quick flags list to look for, like Blake says, these exchanges, they go through their own checklist. They are quite detailed. And if they're on these big exchanges, then a lot of the hard yards are done for you. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, in saying that, the big guys also list Elon. They list Baby Doge. That's the devil's advocate, but... Yeah, mm. I mean, a red, the red flag for me is just the information from the team. Like, if if the team is if it's very vague or there's no white paper, there's no information on any coin website, they're all anonymous. You know, that sort of raises a few alarm bells in my book. And Blake, what were you saying about the trading volume that you needed to get on um, CoinGecko? Yeah, sometimes an indicator to see if it's a shit coin or is somewhat legitimate is, you know, seeing if it's even listed on CoinMarketCap or CoinGecko, your projects need to maintain a certain amount of trading volume to, you know, get onto these these lists and for, for an extended period of time. So, yeah, that's certainly one filter that you could potentially use. But at the same time, you know, a lot of projects put fake volume through their coins just to get onto these lists specifically Mm, mm. so you know it isn't just black and white i guess this is a bit different to the asx and the nasdaq where there's you know tight controls around trading behavior and you know there's checks and balances in place where as we've said before crypto is still pretty much the wild west in terms of um, people trying to trick you so how how else can we actually look out for coins not being shit coins where what are some other giveaways like it's always important to check the white paper now lots of people don't you know go this deep to look to do their due diligence but after just looking at a dozen or two you're gonna really see which which white papers you have really rich interesting information and which ones potentially have just been thrown together or have been copy and pasted and a white paper is essentially like a business plan for these crypto projects it talks about what they're trying to do how they're trying to do it the economics of it and it's also potentially a method that you could use is you're looking at who's invested into the project and if you have big high quality investors like coinbase or a16z or orthogonal trading Investing into the projects, you know it's going to be a good one. And I think we need to touch on one of the biggest and you know really obvious things to look for is whether or not the coin actually has a purpose or a use case. And I know we're all big on this one. You know, we can think back to the early years in crypto when all the new altcoins out there were just promising a better version of Bitcoin. And then, you know, everyone was, every next coin was promising a better version of Ethereum or to be an Ethereum killer. And now, you know, the next coin is promising to be a better version of whatever DeFi coin is out there or NFT. So everyone's just being a different version of something. But is there a purpose? Is there a utility or a use case? I mean, I think... We see it time and time again. Ethereum made its way and then we saw the Ethereum copycats. Then DeFi projects made its way. Then we saw, you know, copycats of those DeFi projects. So, you know, don't get me wrong. Some are serious contenders to, you know, at least compete. You know, Solana people, um, you know, brushed off Solana, but obviously now it's going to be a mainstay. But in reality, you know, you got to think like which ones will survive in 10 years is sort of the question you want to ask yourself. One thing I feel we need to touch on when talking about altcoins 
that could perhaps be shit coins. And I'm thinking about a few bigger type coins that are in the top 50 right now. And yes, these type of shit coins can be in the top 50. They can be in the top 10. Is the fact that they are overhyped coins. These are the ones that have cult-like promotions. And I think that quality projects don't need a heap of marketing. They don't need to pay shillers or YouTubers to push their coins. There are projects out there with absolutely no substance behind the doors, but they have a massive marketing budget, okay? And they've done really well from the beginning. But slowly what happens is, like anything, they are exposed for what they really are. And, you know, I have a feeling that there are a few more of those to come perhaps you know when i was starting out i was fallen victim i don't know about youtube but a youtuber or a um, influencer mentioning a coin and then you buy it and then it just dwindles away because they're obviously using you as liquidity (laughs) to sell their position so as tracy said the really good ones they shouldn't really need shillers or youtubers that pump it you know um, there's been a few twitter threads maybe we can share some in the show notes below about people that actually expose these influencers they timestamp the, the date of the tweet and then they show the graph after and nine times out of ten they're always just going down slope because these guys have got money in there they've got a lot of money in these coins and it clouds their judgment you know i think that's what you're alluding to they're given free coins to promote the project and then these influencers they promote the project to their audiences sometimes millions of people And then as their audience starts buying, that allows them, the influencer, to start selling down the tokens um, to make profit. And this doesn't seem too sinister on the surface, but more often than not, they're taking advantage of, you know, their position in the market. And essentially, it's almost like a form of insider trading. You know, it's it's pretty dodgy and, you know, lots of influencers have, you know, now have a really bad reputation from this sort of behavior, particularly throughout 2017 and 2018. Yeah, and I think you can actually spot those guys. If you start to watch a few YouTube clips, those guys become pretty obvious from their language and the way they set up their their clips also. So now let's talk about what we mean when we say rug pulls. Have you guys ever been rug pulled, Blake Tracy? I have. I've I've definitely got a couple of rug pull stories. Uh, Blake, have you? I don't think I have. Yeah, I'm pretty diligent. You tell me your story and I'll tell you mine. Yeah, okay, I'll start. So... I've been a victim of rug pulls, um, mostly from doing the exact opposite of what this whole podcast <laughs> is about. <laughs> um, but, you know, off the top of my head, it was mainly these copycat projects like sushi came out and then everyone wanted their own food token. I got rugged off these two called Spring Roll and Kimchi. <laughs> um, sounds so stupid now, but like they're literally work- like they're literally 99.99% down. Um and like you literally can't even sell because there's no liquidity it's complete shambles but yeah how it works is pretty much everyone's buying into this token and there's obviously liquidity you know for people to buy and sell and then the people that control the project pretty much pull the liquidity out run but you know probably go to the bahamas and um try to skirt the sec or something like that (laughs) You know, I get rugged probably, you know, probably once a year. I'm due a rug. What about you, Tracy? Tell us tell us your story. <laughs> I think when you're trading, though, there's always going to be a rug pull story because when you're trading, that's the nature of it. Someone in your group tells you about something that someone else has spoken to that's, you know, that's due for this. There's going to be an announcement. We're going to do this. So 
do you take their word for it? You put a certain amount in. And, you, you know, if you've got your checks and measures with your risk in place, surely you're not putting too much in. But sometimes you buy into someone's story a little bit too much and you get a little bit too excited and you put a little bit more than you thought you probably should. And then it was maybe, oh, no, nah, he got the dates wrong or it's actually this isn't happening or whatever. And, you know, it maybe didn't turn out as best as it should have. Well, so, some rug pulls that I know of are exchanges that would set themselves up to start allowing for people to trade on there. The, you know, there's been some Australian and New Zealand ones. And then, you know, the founders of the exchange, you know, take all the money on it and, and run and you never never hear from them again. And there's other examples of initial coin offerings of groups, you know, raising tens of millions, even hundreds of millions of dollars, and then realize that, hey, you know, we don't actually want to build this product. We'd rather take the cash and run and then, you know, you never see them again. And you know, because this industry is unregulated, there's a lot of risk associated with participating in it. And, you know, these are the things that, you know, we all have to be careful of and, you know, watching out for. So on that, maybe you guys have got a good story of a rug pull or or some coin that you've invested in that just didn't turn out right. So send us an email and let us know because we need to make Craig and I feel a little bit better. And hopefully after today's episode, you're understanding a little more about these meme coins and shit coins and how they interact with the wonderful crypto space that we're in. And we need to point out again that these coins in particular are really like just heading to a casino. So if you are going to take a punt on these, proceed with caution because the money you pop in there may not be seen again. On that note, let's leave it there for today. And we want to know what you want to know about crypto. So please send us an email at podcast at getbamboo.io and follow us on social media. All those details are in the show notes below. And remember to fill out the listener survey if you haven't already. And don't forget to rate the show in your podcast app. And that's it for today. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Don't get rugged. Crypto Curious is a product of Equitymates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equitymates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equitymates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the asset resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In a spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.